Hey, I'm Daniel Coburn. And I'm John Rudolph Drexler. This is Talking Business League. Uh, we run a small development agency together. Every week, we have a one-hour call where we discuss the state of our business. This is that call. Mm, John, John, John. I'm sleepy today. You're sleepy? I'm sleepy. Hmm. Yeah. What How gifts? are you? Are, are you sleepy? No, uh, no, I've been getting good. I think I, oh, my microphone's all the way over here. Uh, I think I've been getting good sleep. Right. Um, Very good. I, there was a time in my life where I was like, I was real intense about my sleeping. Um, and right now I'm, I don't, I wouldn't say that I have great sleep hygiene, uh, but I'm, I'm doing okay. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I, last night I, uh, it was bad. It was bad. Sunday, um, we had planned to go get a Christmas tree and then go to a nice dinner. Okay, sir. Sorry. Max had a squeaker I had to take from him. Uh, we, had planned, we had planned to go get That's a Christmas That's one of the main things about having a podcast is don't have a dog with a squeaky toy in the room where you're recording. <laughs> yeah, well, I checked that he didn't have a toy, but he actually had just like an isolated squeaker that he had, he removed, had removed from a toy. From, yeah. <laughs> he smuggled it in. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had intended to go get a nice dinner and a Christmas tree. That was our plan for Sunday. And then uh, it rained a lot. So we decided not to go get a Christmas tree. Um, and so then we just went back to bed and then slept all day <laughs> Sunday. It was, a, it was a mistake. Yeah. But I guess it was yeah. a good mistake. It felt nice at the time. I don't like to sleep during the day. On a Sunday, I really do. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm sleepy today as a result of Sunday. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, sorry to hear that. Uh, but, you know, it sounds like you got some sleep. It's better yeah. than... I thought you were going to say you just like haven't slept in two days. No, no, I've um, slept. I just, good. I'm a little overslept. Um, um, how are things? That's good. H- how are you? But how are you? I had a nice weekend. I had uh, just some good chill time uh, with Lindsay and uh, I did uh, jujitsu. I did some work over the weekend. I did a solved a hard programming it was probably not like that hard but hard, solved a hard pro- programming problem for me and it like worked and it was great and then after you reviewed that you reviewed all my verbs code which was really fun and got me excited um you know i i need uh i need other people to be excited about the thing that i'm doing in order for me like that like multiplies my energy for it mm-hmm. and so um i had had this idea for a game that I started, I waited for verbs to be here so I could build it with verbs. And then I showed it to you and you were like, this is good and interesting. I have ideas of how to make the verbs code a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went and did that. And it got me, it just kind of got me really jazzed to like go, I was like, I know what I need to do next. I'm going to go do it. Um, So that was really fun. And then you opened some discussions. I opened some discussions on how to. And then I talked to Chris earlier today about uh some of those and i think yes we want to do like a release that is just like testing improvements i think that would go a long way um so yeah i don't know i I texted Lindsay at the end of that long session and i was like man i just like worked for a few hours on a saturday um 
and then hung out with like Daniel and Jacob and Josh, just like looking at code together for a few hours. And like, I feel extremely energized and excited about it. And she was those like, those calls are always fun. Count where, yourself like, very lucky that you're like <laughs> working with your colleagues on a Saturday night and you're thrilled about it. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I count myself very lucky. Yeah. It's nice to choose your colleagues. Yeah, for sure. That's the best part about it. But yeah, I, I like those calls where like you and I will be talking and then like at some point Jacob just says like wants to join your tuple. And so yeah. we like add Jacob and then like an hour later it's like Josh wants to join. And so yeah. then all of a sudden we're just like having a fucking party on a, yeah. on a well, weekend it's such night. A, it's such a fun energy too of, um, you know, that we're, everything we do is like heavily dependent on these two open source projects that yeah. you and Josh are both, I mean, you're the owner of one of them. And on the other one, you and Josh are both like influential contributors to. Uh, so Josh is more of a contributor than I am. <laughs> Let's yeah. be real. Yeah. But that's a, it's a fun feeling. It's also like selfishly really nice because I'm like, I want to build a project. And every time I have like issues with it, I can go to the people who built the tools that I'm using. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, it's a great way to get code review, free code review from people who are good at programming. Yeah. Uh, this is the thing is like, you can be a friend of a package maintainer for yeah. a while and then you'll accidentally become a package maintainer yourself. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then it all comes back around. Yeah. yeah. People start DMing you for problems with your package. Yeah. Yeah. Like, God damn it. Yeah. I guess it's my karma. So I'm feeling good. Uh, we did hot yoga yesterday, uh, yes. which is not something I do often, but you know, my Sounds sister sticky. teaches it in the city. And so we did that. It was, it was nice. And then afterwards we went to go see Maestro in the theaters mm. and um, it had, we didn't realize this on the way in, but it was a, one of those theaters that had like big cushy recliner seats. Mm-hmm. So it was like post yoga you know, take a shower and then you take a like nap in the middle of my laid show? out of this like <laughs> black and white movie. We're like, oof, it was, yeah, it was luxurious. Dude, I, there was a while where I fell asleep every time I went to the movies. I went to like, <laughs> like three movies in a row. I felt because they, the movie theater here, the nice one has uh, heated recliners. Like you can turn oh. on the, like there's a button to like make your seat warm up. Interesting. And if you want me to go to sleep instantly, you put me in a big, cushy, heated recliner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I remember I fell asleep during It, which is like oh. not a movie you would think you would fall asleep during. <laughs> yeah. Man, I uh, I listened to the audiobook of It. Mm-hmm. Um, have you read it? Read. Have you read It? <laughs> <laughs> We're such losers. It's uh, um, I have not though. This bit every single time I talk about this book, it's the same thing. You know, I'm like, it is a good book. <laughs> um, it it's like uh, it's the best book that I'll never recommend to anybody. Okay, because uh, it's like the the audio book is like 50 hours long, um, and it's so good. <laughs> but the entire thing is just like, it's just like a a a very detailed book about every kind of trauma that humans can have. And yeah. I, 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 at the end of it, I was just like, I don't know. Like my, it was a like, good book. It's a good book, but like, I don't know. My regards to Mr. King. Um, yeah. I just have not gotten into his stuff. 
you know yeah. i've read some of it it's fine but like i like it yeah he's a good he's a good writer is the my thing. regards to him you know yeah. like i do think he's a good writer and i think he's an interesting person and yeah. i think he has interesting thoughts on process and stuff like that yeah like clearly a thoughtful guy deeply um, like uh it feels very closeted catholic um oh interesting yeah if you if you read enough of his stuff his like concepts of good and evil and like the human condition and stuff it's like big opus day energy yeah he's 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 a man who's sat through some masses mm-hmm. yeah fair enough yeah um you know who's an interesting character what i would <laughs> what i know nothing about john grisham i'd love to know about john grisham he writes all those like legal thrillers. <laughs> exactly. I read one of them, like Airport. The firm, books, right? the yeah. attorney, the yeah. client. <laughs> yeah. But I believe the, the affidavit. <laughs> yeah. I believe he is he has sold more copies than the Bible. I don't think any That's one of I'm... his books has, but he as an entity has outsold the Bible. Yeah. You yeah, know? I don't know. And when you come for the king, you best not miss. So. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm not, I, you know, historically, I'm not much of a reader. I'm an extremely slow reader. Uh, I don't know what to make of this. I've always wondered about this. But like uh, when I was in high school, I thought I had ADD because mm-hmm. I had a hard time reading. I was just like equated that to like, oh, if you have a hard time with anything in school, that must be ADD, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, And so my mom was like, well, let's take you to a child psychologist. And mm-hmm. like we went in there and they were basically like, you're good at some things and you're bad at some things, you know. <laughs> which is, I guess, probably true of everyone, mm-hmm. but it was like quite good at some things and quite bad at other things. And yeah. like, uh, like mm, problem solving, mathematical type stuff, spatial reasoning was like quite good. Mm-hmm. And then reading, which they, the proxy that they use for this, which is really interesting is they have one of those things where like, A is this weird symbol. B mm-hmm. is this mm-hmm. weird symbol. Transcribe this message and tell me what the message says. Yes. And apparently I was like at the like bottom, bottom tier of that. They were like, you are horrible at this. Yeah. Um, and like, it's not, it has nothing to do with ADD. It's just like, you're, you are horrible at this. And it probably is making you a very slow reader. Um, they're like, our, <laughs> our diagnosis is like, go practice, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I like make myself read a lot, but like at a, ridiculously slow pace with poor comprehension um, hell yeah so i'm trying to just read more and more i read but all I, the time slowly and badly yeah and it's like what am i what else am i supposed to do other than practice um yeah. and uh but it's maybe a wonder about like reading other people's code and stuff i'm like i wonder how that translates to yeah i don't, I don't know. know i mean i think it's more conceptual than yeah. you know but i don't know yeah you're right because it, um, it, it, it plays to my strengths, but there's a lot of reading involved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's uh Yeah, I guess there is. Interesting. It's language, right? It's like code language is, arts, right? Yeah. There's uh there's this old like thing that people say, which is like code is read more than it's written. Ooh. Um so like you should write your code to be read rather than writing yeah. it to be written. Um, Makes sense. And then I just recently saw like a, a very like 
spicy hot take on Hacker News, which was code is run more than it's read. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, the, it, uh, it gets it also. Sorry, that I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. It reminds me of uh, this is a funny thing because it's a hot take from somebody who's totally not a programmer. But have you heard John Roderick go on that long thing about like he has this hot take about uh, like programming got called software engineering. Mm-hmm. And so like it got mislabeled as a science. We're like real like low level electrical engineering, making hardware, sure. Yeah, sure. like that's engineering. But like what most programmers are doing is much closer to, you know, sort of the creative arts or the liberal arts or the language arts or something than it is to mm-hmm. engineering, which I think is like a I don't think I really agree, but I think it's an interesting take. I don't, I think engineer is a stupid title um, because you, you're not building a fucking bridge here, you know, (laughs) like um, an engineering in most places, you can't just say you're an engineer. Mm -hmm. Like you, it's against the law. (laughs) To pretend to be an engineer thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't say you're an engineer because like there's a like you get a jacket mm-hmm. right you like follow a guy around for 5 years and then you yeah. get a jacket that says i'm a real engineer and there's like standards bodies and you can lose your license if you fuck up and like yeah. you know and like the fact that like we're just out here like in software land just cowboy and features together yeah and like there's constantly like big data breaches and stuff yeah. And no one's losing their engineering license over it. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, is crazy. Well, I just think there's an inter- there's an interesting observation there that like I don't know. I just keep on coming back to the word language that like the language like you express this stuff through language and syntax and you like you build this little world for yourself where you like create terms and imbue them with meaning and then like right. use them in syntactically correct ways. I'm like it's interesting. It's not, it's a different kind of thing than engineering. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Naming is like a whole sub genre of like programming. You know, I think there are people (laughs) whose, uh, whose primary interface to programming is naming. Yeah. And those are my type, my kind of people, you know, (laughs) Um, sorry, we did a long, long ramble. I'm doing well. Uh, I don't have any feedback for you beyond what I uh, shared last week. I think verbs is awesome. You're being very helpful. Clients nice. are happy. Let's keep crushing. Uh, I similarly got? have no feedback except for the one thing, which is, can we stop receiving paper checks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We should talk about that. I just also, don't, the, the fear, relates to the one fear of my that it will get brought into the house by someone who isn't me left on a table and Max yep. will eat it. A boy who loves to steal just, he, some, he likes to suss out the most important piece of paper he could steal yeah, and steal it. That's a point of failure that we do not need. So the background on this, <laughs> and this, this fits into one thing we got, we got to figure out actually, because uh, I was going to bring up 2024 budget in this mm-hmm. call so that we could finish that OKR. Um, the thing, so for, uh, for the listener, We've been doing our invoicing with 
uh, QuickBooks, which has been a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Um, and one thing we've learned is like what QuickBooks, one of the things that they, you know, is like a selling point for them is like, oh, people can pay their invoices with a credit card or PayPal or Venmo or Apple pay or whatever. And all that stuff is like 3% fees. And so yeah. like, if this is like the revenue for like our entire company, like, yeah, like 3%, taking 3% off the top of our revenue. Is, yeah. Like that's a big fucking deal. Like, well, yeah. Like if you think about like a lot of agencies run on 20% margin. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Would there you like to run 17% margin? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, what our initial solution was, was like, on QuickBooks, we're like we start. I started setting all of our invoices to basically be ACH only. I'm just mm-hmm. like you can't pay with a credit card, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of our clients are fine with that. But um, then one of them was like had a hard time figuring out ACH and was like, "How about we mail you a check?" I was like, "Whatever." Uh, but they mailed it to Daniel, and um, you know, giving an extra sort of uh, Im- extremely important to do to. Daniel and his wife is not a point of especially failure something that we where can accept. Like, especially something where it's like, at some point in the future, <laughs> important mail will come to you. Is like the worst thing you can get. The me. most important kind of mail, which <laughs> is the biggest check we've ever received. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel good. Um, so you so anyway, today for the second time, I successfully tip. deposited the check. Yeah. And then you suggested from a uh, friend of the show and client Jade, uh, a Jade service, secure. a service called go cardless, go cardless. And so apparently the way it, it works up. is the clients input their bank stuff into it. And then they be, then we can basically like on a schedule or whatever like we it just like directly debits the money from their bank account um and the and fees are, are very low the fees are very low but apparently even by default there are percentage based fees but jade said if we just call them they will give us flat fees yeah um so jade and glitch secure have like i believe $2.50 a transaction um, and most of their transactions are like $10,000. Yeah. Um, so that sounds really promising. <laughs> yeah. So I signed us up. They got to do some, some kind of rigmarole, uh, sure. to get that set up, but we will report back. So part of this was that part of why I brought this up is because, um, our, uh, I looked at our, I was looking through carefully through our financials to figure out what our budget should be. I was just trying to look mm-hmm. at like how much money are we spending? Uh, and we're spending an appalling amount of money on QuickBook fees. I think there might also be some hidden fees because like there's some stuff I don't understand. And so I need to talk to our accountant. But um, last month, uh, we we straight up lost like 3% of our top line revenue on QuickBook fees. Yeah, that's um, disgusting. It's appalling. Yeah, it's like totally outrageous so um and like you think like we if we like double our revenue next year which yeah i think is not out of the realm of possibility sure like you know you're talking about like a fucking used civic every month (laughs) that we're like yeah that we're we're donating to quickbooks yeah it's crazy 
it's really crazy. Um, so we need to urgently figure that out. Uh, and by we, I mean, I, um, so I'll do that. Yeah, that, that will be good. Uh, that's how you're doing. Do you have any feedback for me? No, I, we already, I already said that I didn't have feedback for you. We were, wait, I just oh, wanted no, you to my tell feedback me that I'm a very was, good boy again. <laughs> my feedback was I don't want to get any more paper checks. Great. No, um, other than that, you're one of the best, taken. you're one of the best boys I've ever met. <laughs> this is a running bit with, uh, Lindsay and me is just that like deep down, like all I really want from everyone is for like everyone to tell me that I've been a very good boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you're doing great. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. So, uh, I have this 2024 budget thing, which actually maybe there's not that much to talk about. Mm -hmm. One thing that I did think as I looked back through everything, I did this kind of with my own budget too, is like, I just gradually, uh, not gradually, uh, what's the word? Um, suddenly no, um, (laughs) uh, my brain is completely every once in a while. I just occasionally, occasionally, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> who's ready for two weeks of vacation me uh, i will go back through and read just like all the transactions just to be like what uh-huh. seems crazy here yep. um and oh i have paying, a pdf for you by the way paying 2700 dollars in quickbook fees was one of those things yes uh another thing was i looked at our uh at um how much we spend on software. And I'm like wondering if there's some stuff for us to look at. There. Sure. Um, but overall, like I can just share, like, I mean, how much do we spend on software? Um, so I think let's say, well, so I have the, I have the like averages uh, on average since August, like 450 bucks a month. That seems inbounds to me. I that, was going to be upset if it was over a thousand. Yeah, it's not that crazy. It's not that crazy. Um, part of that was because I also bought Laracast's Lara lifetime mm-hmm. thing, which is that's two hundred bucks. Um, we we give a lot of money to GitHub. Um, that is coming down. Okay. We uh, during the on ramp to verbs, I was adding people to that private repo and I had to add seats for each person I added. I believe I've removed all of those seats now. Uh, But each of those seats, I think we paid for upfront. Adobe, ChatGPT, Beyond Code, we're giving, that's a lot. Uh, Well, yeah, I think we bought Jacob a license for Ray and something else. Um, uh, DigitalOcean makes sense. Slack, uh, Obsidian, Spotsy, Flexibits. What's that? Calendar. Got you. Zoom. I guess it's not that crazy. It's not that. Crazy. Yeah, is we're an we're an internet company. We're gonna have to use a lot of software. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper than having an office. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, I don't know if there's that much to discuss on the on the um 
on the budget. I mean, you looked at it. I put together a little spreadsheet, mm-hmm. went back to my VC days. Uh, yeah, it was and, fun to move the numbers around. What, and you can, so the, the, the learnings, to use one of your favorite words. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so livid with myself that that's a thing that I say. That the was learnings a, were um, our hourly rate and how many hours you and I personally do. Yes. Of billable client work are the most important numbers. Yes. Um, every other number is like whatever. Yeah. Like if we happen to scale up to be like, we need four contractors in here basically working full-time hours and like we're going to manage those projects, we could totally do that. And it's it's good stuff. Uh, it's like that is certainly more money. But the the most powerful lever to pull on is like, if you and I are doing like, if we do an extra four hours a week, yeah, like over the year, it's a huge difference. Yeah. So you and I should be basically working billable hours as much as possible. Yes. Um, I I shouldn't say that as much as is reasonable. Yeah. Um, As much as we find that we have an appetite for. So like right now I'm billing out, close to 30 a week yep and you're Uh, billing out how much uh basically i'm billing out so a minimum of like 28 yeah um but usually a little more yeah and then jacob's doing 24 josh is at 32 um so So i'd say i'm probably ending up closer to like 35 yeah most weeks yeah, you're doing a lot right now. Um, are you feeling okay? I mean, this I'm is what this, okay. Yeah, this like, is interesting because, like, we talked about before, like when we landed this big client that we're doing with Josh, um, we talked about like this is about the amount of capacity we need to be at in order to make good money, mm-hmm. and we're it, sort it of like, fine. buckle up. Maybe November and December will feel terrible, and I think we felt pretty okay. Well, it's because we were signing sovereigns at the same time, right? We were scared because we were su- we were signing two big things at the same time. Yeah, and it turned out that it was fine. <laughs> yeah, it did. Um, because there was a plan that we were actually going to like do all of the dev for sovereigns in house. Yeah. Um, and we aren't doing that. Yeah. Um, Makes which sense. alleviated that pressure. But yeah, like it it feels good right now. Like. This is, I think, how it should feel. The, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we can, uh, I would like to have less clients for the same number of hours, you know? Less clients. Yeah, there's some contact switching going on. Yeah. Like, I think less contact switching. I would love for the whole company to be focused on one client for couple months i think that'd be really really fun yeah it would we'd probably like, do a great job yeah like imagine a world where like we had something a little bit bigger than this current one that we have mm-hmm. right because the current one that we have is uh 64 hours a week right if we had something that was like you know 96 hours a week right yeah. which was like three full-time people um, and we had like, we kept your store, right? And it was just like me, you, Josh, and Jacob all 
working on the 96 hour a week thing. And then, uh, Jacob and I doing a little bit of your store, mm-hmm. right? Like Jacob doing a good amount of your store and me doing a little bit of it with him. That would be really fun. Like just to be like fully, like everyone's touching the same code. Like we're working together on everything, you know? Sure. That'd be a blast. So I don't know. I think that's something to, if there's ever a time where we're like choosing between projects and one of them allows us to like consolidate hours, I think there's a risk there, which is that you're then consolidating into one client. And when it ends, you have to go replace a lot of work. Um, but it also is kind of feels like it would be fun to do. Yeah. We also, as a side note on this, uh, I was just catching up with boss man, Chris, um, I don't think there's any changes happening in the near future, but I think the intuition that both of us have is that the future is lumpier than what we're doing right now. What does that um, mean? <laughs> partly because and I don't think anything's changing. Like mm-hmm. I think we're both really happy with how things are going. The, a big part, like I came in basically to be like 15 hours a week there. Mm-hmm. And a big part of like what I dedicated that time to was like, diagnosing some of the problems and like setting up good processes. And now we're mm-hmm. like implementing the, those processes. Um, and I think there's definitely still like enough for me to do in the, in the meantime, but like mm-hmm. some of those problems got solved and some of those problems are solved by me doing sort of like a handful of hours a week of like meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that it's like, 15 hours a week to for me sure. to go like implement those processes. So one thing we've talked about is like potentially having it be like fewer hours that are like committed to regularly. Mm-hmm. And then on some weeks he'll be like, Hey, we need to go like scope out a big new project. And like, mm-hmm. we might need you for like 30 hours for two weeks, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think like realistically, that's what the work looks like. Um, and so we were just talking about, I was like, I think that's, I think that's approximately right. I also want to be it like, it will make really, it harder to reliably put you on. That's true. Other things though. That's true. So that's um, something we need to figure out. Yeah. I think that's right. like, if you, if we were counting on you to do 15 hours a week of programming yeah, and a random, I need you for 30 hours a week on something comes out of the blue that is a hard week for you or we have to shuffle some shit around. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I'll keep thinking about it. Like I said, there's no immediate change happening, but the other thing that I wanted to do, like I was, I emphasized to him was like, I was like, I want this to be like super valuable for yeah, right, right. internachi. And like, it's like, you're good friends with Daniel. Now Chris and I are friends. Like, I don't want him to like feel bad about firing us at any point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? exactly. like, I don't want him to fire us and I don't think he wants to fire us, but I'm like, yeah, I just want to like, go above and beyond that. I'm like, I don't want you to feel like you have to keep me around. You know? Right. Yeah. No, I agree fully with that. Right. Like I think the worst thing that can happen there is that it feels like we're like too embedded and he can't yeah. get rid of us, you know? Yeah. So, so, Honestly, I think that's how I feel all... about all of our clients. Like, yeah, I never want to feel like too embedded. Yeah, because then it 
then it becomes a little codependent where it's like, I feel like we couldn't fire them because we'd be letting them down, you know, whatever. Yeah, so. Totally. Um, yeah, I feel that for sure. Um, other topics that I had jotted down, do you have any other top, anything you want to hit? Um, not, no, we have one thing we have to talk about that we can't talk about here, but you DM'd me about it. I'll have to remember what that is. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. We gotta got to check on a number for a thing. We got to check on a number for a thing. It's a good thing. Not a bad thing. You made it's it sound a like thing. a bad thing. It's a good I thing. I made it sound like a bad thing, but everything's, it's a, it's a really positive thing. It's a very positive and thing. And once we decide on it, I think we can talk about it. Yeah. I, that I think, that's think we have to d- decide on it before we can yeah. talk about it. So the other topics that I had jotted down, which we do not need to talk about right now, but are like, could be interesting. One of them is, uh, we are coming up on a time to set new goals for mm. 2024, which I think I'm interested to know, like, how do you, do you feel about, how do you feel about like doing those quarterly versus like annually versus semi-annually? I don't know. Oh, you mean like setting, coming up with OKRs and stuff? Yeah. So basically like now that we've done a round of Maybe OKRs. Maybe six months. I've, I'd be done like for six. A- I don't want to do it quarterly. It seems like a lot of busy work. <laughs> okay. Um, and I think like, that it'll be interesting. We'll just talk about it in January. Um, the the thing that's interesting is like I think now that we've done a cycle, we have a clearer sense of like what matters. I think yeah. we'd actually probably do fewer of them, mm-hmm. um, and they would be some of them. Some of the ones we had were silly, um, yeah. and I think the future ones will be not silly. Yeah. Um. um so that's a good one. Sorry, I, we say should something? do them on the solstices. The solstices. Solstices because we've got December 21st coming up, and we can do it on June 21st. I used to get my hair cut on the solstices, I remember. So, this would be a good continuation of the bit. Okay, I'm gonna write 2024 goals solstice. Great. <laughs> yep, the because, well, if you think about it, an, an OKR is like a corporate haircut. <laughs> I thought that's when you uh, let the people go, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Good times. Okay. Uh, other things that the other two things that are like not even really business related. Uh, well, we have a we have a surprise extra impaneling episode coming out tomorrow. Oh uh, yeah, I'm so excited. Which is going to be great. Should we? I love. Prep I love that a double panel. Or uh, just just kind of let it come out. Uh, yeah, you can tease it. Okay, uh, we're going to talk to Allison Lacker, who is dope she's um the former cto of benti and was there really early days she was really early at eventbrite and did a lot for them she is uh she builds everything in in uh uh rails rails and rails head so that's like what she's good at she has a lot of really she's very smart and Mm -hmm. a very wonderful person um she has a lot of really smart ideas, though, about like, uh, well, first of all, I stole the whole FG scale thing from her. Nice. Um, she, like, at various points in Binti's history, served like kind of sort of as a product manager mm-hmm. um, and also is like a big believer in the idea that like a really senior developer should oscillate between management and being an individual contributor. Mm-hmm. And that like, it's actually really good to do 
both of those things for like stints of like a year or two at a time, hmm. uh, which is really interesting. So she was like CTO for a while after being an individual contributor for a long time. I think now she might go back to being an individual contributor. Anyway, hmm. she's like very smart about product, obviously a very good developer and a good manager. And um, I was texting with her about like, I was like, hey, I've been writing these blog posts. I'm really interested in this whole like devs thinking like PMs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was replying with like really good long thoughts and like challenging beyond parts of it. And I was like, would you like to be impaneled? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we've got sort of a thing. You you hold a picture of a saint and we cut your hand. And then yeah, you're yeah, impaneled. yeah. <laughs> so, this thing of ours. Yeah. So she's going to, she's going to come on tomorrow. That's going to be very fun. Uh, so pre- prepare your thoughts. I'm excited for you to meet her too. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if I'll bring this up on the show, but this was a, uh, I was in a, I was in a weird state of mind when she le- quit and left Benty and I cried mm. that day. I like went to go like say goodbye to her and say like, Hey, this, uh, you know, this working relationship has meant a lot to me and you've, you know, you like taught me a lot of things. And I like got all choked up. I was like, anyway, I'll see you around. <laughs> like I, <laughs> it's like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> oh, dude. It's so hard when your friends, when your favorite people start quitting your job. Yeah. It's like one of the, I instantly am about to quit. As soon as yeah. my favorite people start quitting, I'm just like, I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> it sucks. Which I didn't think of it that way at the time, but I did end up leaving six months later. Um, it's, yeah, it's like as soon as I remember when Sam Geitz quit Titan and then Caleb quit Titan. I'm like, all right, I'm out. Get, yeah. get me out of here as soon as I can. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite people sure. are gone. Um, okay, the other two we could just call it right now. That would be fine. Keep a shorter mm-hmm. one. The other two things that are totally not just like fun topics. Uh, one of them is about trying hard. Uh, okay. and Aaron Francis. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is uh. I, it just, I got a, uh, it was interesting to see the, that thing where, uh, DHH had a brave and bold new idea, which was one-time licensing fees. Uh, he invented one-time licensing fees for software. Uh Um, but it made me just start thinking also about like, is Thunk going to build a product? If we did, when would it happen? What would it look like? Um, uh, interesting questions that I was like. Um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think the conversation about like, should we build a SaaS product is like an interesting one. Um, it's a little bit like of a pointless conversation. Cause it's like, we don't have the opportunity to do that right now. So like, what's the point of even discussing it? But I think there is, is a point topic. of discussing it. Well, I don't know if there's a point of discussing whether we should or not. I do think there's a point of planning to do it. Okay. And like making preparations now so that when the opportunity presents itself, we can pounce immediately. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like if a product timing worked out, right? We're like, oh, like we have a dead month. Like I yeah. would love to be able to immediately be writing code because we already had tickets and we already, you know. Yeah. 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 That, that would be sick. Sense. Yeah. I agree. Um, which means like, if we decide that we do want to build one and that we're this thing is real that like one day we will have a dead month and that 
then we will immediately pivot into product mode. Um, then we should be focusing now while we are in services mode to on like any, any preparing the way that we can do for that transition, including like settling on what it is we're even building, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, but yeah, I am very, I am very pro building products. Yeah. And I, I am too, partly because I'm like, well, if the strength that, I mean, like last week we were talking about, like if our strength is like building MVPs and like, mm-hmm. we think that we're smart about product, then it's like, why would we not build a product? Yeah. You know, I think uh, we could build like two MVPs a year, honestly, like, yeah. Until we find something that is a real business, you know? I think that's right. Hey, that sounds like an OKR to me. Uh, I, would, I would never. In, it's <laughs> we've got ten days until the solstice, John. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump the cosmic <laughs> gun over here. I like it though. I like it. Ship an MVP. Ship an MVP. Ship an MVP that costs money. Uh, yeah. Well, really, ship two MVPs. Well, we don't want if, our if OKRs to be month, achievable. If we're doing our six month, oh yeah. <laughs> We need to ship 1.3 MVPs. <laughs> yeah, no, um, shipping MVP in the next six months would be a blast, though. If we basically said, like, think of how... By hook or by crook, we are shipping an MVP. Yeah. By June. Hopefully by crook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I like it. Uh, okay. Okay, R. Okay, R. Uh... <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, so this is interesting. I like it. We've talked about a few different ideas. Uh, I do. We want to get into those right now. Oh, the product ideas. Yeah, I mean, clearly the best one is my hair booking app. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah. actually the best one, but I was so mad that I just wrote it up. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I was like, uh, how, how is it can impossible? You, can you explain that over the next 60 seconds? I cannot even explain to you how badly I have to go to the bathroom. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so great. my, my pitch was basically like, it is impossible for me to know how I want to have my hair cut and by whom. Um, because like, I don't know, there's like a whole process of like going around and like you end up on, on, uh, Pinterest a lot whatever you just go around and you find like random pictures of like weird dudes with like weird hair that seems like it can't possibly stay in that position most of the time. And uh, then you kind of go to a, to a hair artisan and then you kind of like lay out like, I don't know, I'm kind of thinking about this kind of thinking about this. And like, there's a lot of like awkward communication to try and like get around to what it is that you want. And then when you do get there, like, like the booking options are like a half hour, an hour, or an hour and a half. And I'm like, well, I haven't talked to the person yet. I don't know how long they're going to need to do this work. So anyway, long story short, it's hard to book a hair appointment well. Um, and I think a lot of uh, particularly uh, like straight men are just like not doing it well. Um and I think that if it were more uh, like 
a menu of options that you chose from or like a wizard you walked through, it would happen more. So that's my theory. And then I think there's a lot of opportunity to like own this space. Obviously, I don't think this should be our first sure. thing that we build because it's so it's direct to consumer kind of it's kind of B2B, but it like it's one of those things that like requires network effect to be meaningfully useful um, and viable. So I don't think it's like that good right now. Um, I think it's a really funny idea that like that you came out hot with like a hairdresser app. Um, and well, I went to a hairdresser and I was yeah. like, this sucks. You encountered the problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, so there's, there's some other like guardrails we've talked about, which I don't like, we're not married to or anything, but uh, one of them was like, it does seem smart to make something that we could sell to our clients. Yes. And like something that like helps us do our work better. Mm -hmm. um, so we talked a couple weeks ago about the wish list app idea. Um, I do think with that, it's clearly, I mean, as a PM, it's very clear to me that it's like a sound idea. Mm -hmm. um, I, part of what I get like a little bit tangled up on was like I posted this in the uh, so as just as a reminder in case anyone didn't listen the idea is like anyone internally can like make a wish list of feature requests and bug fixes and things like that and then that those items can be like responded to by the dev team and also can be linked to linear tickets or Jira tickets um, mm -hmm. so that then most of your team does not need to be in linear or Jira, but they do have visibility to like the status of their tickets and the response from the dev team. And then mm -hmm. they, it's on, it's, it's on them to basically say, write up as many issues as you want. However, you can only at any given time have like five of them be in the spotlight for the development team to mm -hmm. respond to. You can write up as like, many as you want. You can only care about five. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's, it's a really smart, and clever way to like push people to think like product managers to say like, which five of these really matter right now. Mm -hmm. um, it also forces them. They're, they're more incentivized to put smaller things in there. There's a lot of like ways in which it's like, cool. So um, if we were going to build this, it's obvious how we would sell it to our clients. Yeah. Uh, it's less obvious how we would sell it to people who aren't our clients. I yes. think the way to do it would have to be content based, right? Mm -hmm. So that would basically be on you to yep. you have to form an opinion about the process of this. And then it's like, oh, and by the way, we make an app that makes it really easy to do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I can definitely make the argument. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why I think it's smart to do things this way. And we're currently doing things in this like hideous spreadsheet uh, mm -hmm. with, with InterNACHI, which is cool. So like, and it's working. I think one of the things that's hidden about this, which is like, uh, I brought it up last week. Uh, my former colleagues at Benti had me on for their Christmas party and they were like, nice. come hang out for an hour. It was very nice. I was like the, I was like one of the surprise guests. <laughs> I don't know if it was actually a surprise, but, uh, surprise, surprise at the end of it, I was like, um, Hey, uh, what do you guys think of this wish list idea? Cause we used to do wish lists at Benti. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Aaron, she's very smart. She was like, yeah, yes, sure. But like, this is not a tool problem. It's like a process and buy-in problem, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it's one of those things that's like, it feels like the tool is going to do some magic to like solve your problem. And it's like, no, the real problem is like having buy-in from everybody checking in on it regularly, keeping it up to date and like getting people to actually like create their wish list and maintain them, which is actually mm-hmm. like a way harder problem than like documenting it. Um, Dude, well, so maybe there's like an info product that is either part of this or comes out first. Mm-hmm. Right. So like maybe it's, I don't know if it's like a course, but maybe it's like a workbook. Mm. I don't know if it's like a workbook, like not like a PDF, but like a process that people go through where it's like, here's how you identify like who the stakeholders in your organization Mm -hmm, are. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then like, here's how you get them in a room and like get by. Here's like a series of questions you should go through with all these people to like, and like, maybe it's like, maybe step one is that you should develop an info product Yeah, that is like, and obviously like there, there'll be a bunch of like tech that needs to get built to support the info product, right? Like we'll have to make a website to sell it. I'm sure a lot of it will like happen online. Um, there'll probably need to be like a bunch of auth for teams and stuff like that. Right. Like if a whole team needs to log in and answer these questions separately. Right. But like maybe you start with an info product that's like selling the process. Yeah. Right. And then at the end you say like, great, you're done by the way. Like we make a web app for you to like continue doing this all the time and it's yeah. called wish list or whatever and go get it and implement it deeply into your organization at the cost of, uh, you know, $50 per department per month. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's interesting. Uh, and, um, yeah, that's something to think about. I, I, it also feels like it's like, in terms of like, what is this product and what does it do and how does it work? Like if I just took a day to write all of that up, like I have a, a very strong opinion and a real clarity of vision mm-hmm. of like, I know exactly what this product is. It just doesn't and then exist if you, yet. Then the, the, the info product is like, if you work backwards from like, okay, now what's the most dysfunctional fucked up organization you can think of? And like, how would you get them from here to there? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, how would you get them to a point where they're ready to like use this thing? Yeah. Makes sense. It's interesting. Um, other ideas. We haven't talked on the podcast about the package review site, have we? No, I don't think the package review site is it. I think no. the package review. I mean, I think it's fun. I don't think it's a product really yet. Like, I, just, I don't, I don't see the revenue stream. There were a couple. There were a couple versions of it. Yeah. Um, and I actually, yeah. So the, the concept of this one was uh, that it was going to be a site that you could go to that would have good, like a good recommendation of like a package to use for different things in Laravel. Start there and like maybe it could grow out of there. But then it's like, if you were to, for example, like we've encountered this problem a bunch of times, like, we're like, we want to build a Discord bot. Certainly there's like a PHP Discord package. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turned out there was one, but it was like kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, you do you do a good bit of homework to try to figure out like what's out there, 
is it good? Do people I respect like it? You know? Um, and so we were like, it'd be cool if there was a website that like gave you better information on that. One way yeah. to build it is to create the content, like create curated content and be like, we recommend it like the wire cutter basically. And be like, mm-hmm. we recommend one package for this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's why. Yeah. And here's why, which then you're in the business of writing high quality, trustworthy content, mm-hmm. which is like, that's a big ongoing task in my mm-hmm. view. Um, Downsides. Other- you're also okay. in the business of telling people their packages are bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The other version of it, which I like more, is mm-hmm. it's closer to Metacritic. And the the masses are allowed to rate and review things. Mm-hmm. But also you have a panel of like 50 like super trusted, verified like Laravel experts. Yes. Um, so then you're like... Uh, something new like verbs comes out and you're like, you know, this doesn't have a lot of user scores yet, but you know, like Matt Stauffer and Caleb Porzio love it, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Like, so that feels like that version of it where you're not responsible for like maintaining and curating content feels way more achievable. Yeah. Um, But, and, and useful, like as a user, I, I would love for that to exist, but yeah. Yeah, I don't see a revenue stream. No. Right? It's cool. Like, <laughs> that's that's the thing. It's like I think we should focus on building things we can sell for money. That's fair. You know, cuz like we're going to spend money, at least an opportunity cost to do this. Yeah. Um so I think like I'm not saying we need to like recoup all of that in the month that we spend the money, but like it would be nice to uh, start a little trickle of, you know, MRR. Yeah. So that would, I think that's my preference is that we like, we angle towards MRR. Um, and I think that like content websites, unless you're charging for access to the content or you're charging someone to make content about their package or something. Yeah. Like, it's hard to generate. We also had an idea that like, maybe we could like be the guys who maintain the Laravel package for all of these companies or whatever. Um, I just talked to a guy who, so that guy, uh, Ryan, who hit me up to do an hour of consulting the other day, it was on the Laravel package for his like developer is the customer SAS. Um, and after it, I like kind of picked his brain. I was like, yo, we were thinking about this thing where we like get companies to pay us to just maintain their Laravel package. Like, what do you think? Would you pay us to maintain your Laravel package? And he's like, honestly, I've had, I've done like four hours of work on this in the last three months. And you know, it's not that much work. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but you're not like a Laravel guy. You don't have like the Laravel instincts. And he was like, yeah doesn't seem i don't care yeah <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, yeah fair enough yeah he, he's like the person who's experiencing the pain point is not the person who's deciding whether to pay you yeah right and, and so like it's, it's like the the pain is like 
some discomfort with like yeah wiring up to this thing it's like yeah it's not a it's not like a foundational business problem you know right i mean it kind of is if you want a lot of laravel developers to use your thing so that they pay you monthly big monthly bills but yeah um everyone i also mentioned it to like chris from fly.io chris fidel yeah i was like what's up with this like what what's up with the fly package you know whatever and he basically was like yeah like i do it like it's enough you know like so i i my reckon is that like most places are like either they're really big and they'll just like hire someone to do it or they're really small and they just can't be bothered to put money towards a package yeah you know so i think that approach is gone plus that's services revenue anyway it's not really product revenue yeah okay uh that makes sense so then wish list it is we're committing to building this by july i I still think the client portal app is a good app the client oh god yeah sorry i completely forgot about that uh yeah this is a whole other can of worms sorry yeah yeah, yeah. so i i think wish list i think wish list is still probably it because wish list is very like contained like whereas the client portal app is like very expansive no i get this like i get this this ick every time we start talking about this even though i know i know i understand I, i i know why it's valuable um and I, I, I am sympathetic to what you say about like, build it for our specific need and don't handle every case. Mm-hmm. Um, makes sense. Um, I just, I have this, like, it feels so uh, blurry on the edges of it. Yeah. Uh, that I, I have a hard time dealing with it, but this is basically, I think we could make it less blurry, but yeah. Yeah. But basically, I'm actually, it's funny, I actually have this up in my notes right in front of me. Uh, we have these jobs to be done, which are create and send contracts, receive credit card payments, receive ACH payments, run payroll, pay contractors, time tracking, time tracking for our subcontractors. Um, and then like, look at how much time tracking our subcontractors have done and pay them some those hours and then build, turn around and build clients for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, like I'm looking at this thing and it's like harvest does half of that bonsai does a lot of it, but doesn't do a lot of it. Well, QuickBooks does most of it, but does some of it very badly. Um, and we would love to have, a little portal that does that does some parts of it very very well that like meets our needs yeah so basically it's like i think the simplest version of it is just like time tracking and invoicing right where it's like this is just basically what harvest does right which is like you input your hours we know how much the client is paying for an hour we know how much you're getting paid for an hour um and so we we can immediately generate an invoice for our subcontractor and immediately generate an invoice to the client because we know both of those things right yes so like that is 
something that we're not currently able to do, right? Which Harvest does all of it, but it doesn't allow you to pay the contract. Right, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Like, so that magic of like receive payment, send payment, all based on the same time tracking data. Like, that's kind of the magic juice to me. Then once you have that, there's a million other features you can build into it, right? So like showing a client like a dashboard of things that have happened over time. Um, Like we send weekly notes to one of our clients that's just like an update on the status of the project. We could do that inside this app and then he could go back and review the history of all of them throughout time. Um, We could, you know, obviously like we have contracts that get signed at the beginning of the thing we could just have the contracts in the client portal so they could review the contract if they wanted to, or we could review the contract if we wanted to. It'd be nice to just have like a central thing for each client, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's sort of like the dream. Um, I still think I, your thing should be built first. I'm, I'm making an effort to not be negative about it because I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't actually think like, I don't have a reason why it's not good. I just, for some reason, I have this like gut resistance to it and I don't know where it's coming from. Uh, Um, It is too big. The idea is too big. The idea is too big. It needs to get narrowed down. I think also part of it is. um, So, so like, I think if I were to boil down part of what I think the resistance comes down to, it's that um, Bonsai has, almost all of what we do. The reason why we have this ick about them is because the UX is terrible. Yeah. And this is, I think like, so that makes me go into this space where I'm like, well, the real, like the actual real juice behind this thing is UX, Mm -hmm. UX design. And I don't think that either one of us is excellent at UX design. Uh, I think we, I think we are not great at UI design. I think we can actually design the experience pretty well. Yeah. But if you ask me to like diagnose what's wrong with the bonsai UX in like great detail to the like, and then like suggest a way better path. That's not like the thing that I'm great at. I can, I could take a crack at it, Mm -hmm. but it's sort of like, it's this thing that's like, if the, if the theory is like, yes, bonsai works, but it needs to have a better UX. And it's like, am I the guy to go build the, the better UX? I don't know. I think I think the answer has to be yes, right? Like, uh, so I'm, this is sort of like one of those Ben Ornstein things from his talk, but it's like, just build a version of something, but make it suck less. And that's like a valid business. Like people will yeah. buy software based purely on like, I like the vibe of it better than the competitor, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's literally it. Just like make, because Bonsai also includes 70,000 fucking things, right? So it's like make just the time tracking, invoicing, paying cycle, the virtuous cycle of of an agency, right? And then make it like very few clicks to do anything, mm-hmm. you know? Just make it really, really, really easy to do anything. Um. Yeah, I th- it's, and I think that that's that part of it for me is also just that like I'm doing this process for us right now, and I don't feel pain about it. 
And so like what's happening right now is like Jacob sends me a little document with his sheets, with his hours. Josh sends me a little document with his hours. I pay each of them. And like, that's that, you know? Um, yeah. So like, I don't, um, I, in some ways it's like, I, I'm, I'm the target customer and I don't feel the pain. Yeah. When I was doing this work, I felt the pain, you know? So I think that's what it is for me is that like, is, this is one of the jobs that you do because it's too painful for me to do. <laughs> it, if I may say something that is going to sound like a critique and I don't mean it to be a uh-huh. critique. Sounds like you might have some feedback for me. <laughs> no, it's not new feedback. It's feedback you've already received. <laughs> It's that things that are even easier than this are also pretty painful for you to do. Uh-huh. Um, so like, I think it's just like painful for you to do little to-dos that are not interesting. Yes. And I think it's, but this is, this is my, this is I my I don't theory. think that demands a product. I think there are so many people like me. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think there are people who... I mean, this is just evidenced by like how much SaaS gets sold that could be a Google sheet, right? But like, (laughs) I think there are so many people who just absolutely hate doing the thing that is not their primary business. And anything you can do to remove any friction from that is good, you know? Mm -hmm. And to me, like, this is the core of a business. And like, I've looked around for a product that solves it well, and none of them do, you know? Mm. That's my, that's my thing. It's like, it just seems insane to me that this is not solved correctly yet. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. That's my whole thing with it. Also, like, like, okay, like, I think the reason verbs is good is because I have an absolute intolerance for like bad vibe, bad feeling vibes. And like, I write code and i like use a bad feeling event sourcing package for a long time to the point where i'm like tearing my hair out because Mm -hmm. of it's annoying me and so then i'm able to like say like okay well what would it look like for me to do this in the way that i want to do it and it Mm -hmm. makes sense and i feel like i'm i have good instincts about like what feels good to what how to make a process feel good and easy to me Mm-hmm. And then I just like bet that there are enough other people like me that it matters, you know? Okay. My challenge to you then would be, uh, I think the next step on this, since like you have more clarity about what this is than I do. Mm-hmm. My challenge to you would be like mock something up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause I, I don't right. see like when you say that, I like in an abstract way, like, Oh, a, a UX is just like way better than bonsai. I'm like, mm-hmm. I guess hypothetically that sounds, but like, what and w- better in which way? Because like, mm-hmm. I used bonsai a bunch, and like, yeah, there's like a couple things where I did an extra click, but like, you know, like what what's substantially better? Uh, yeah, I would lo- like I would love for you to show me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I agree. Um, so yeah, I think at this point I'm planning this as product number two cool after uh what are we calling them wish lists after wish lists which i think is 
relatively clean of an idea already and like small scope easy to implement uh seems like a fucking no-brainer for us to do for our first project because it's like we we have people we can immediately sell it to yeah so anyway that's my that's why we also it'd be really interesting to think about a one-time licensing fee for it like as an option um Mm. be like you can do monthly but also it's like if you want to pay us a large number um you can do a one-time licensing fee um which interesting I'm very, I, I, I like that. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about that more and more. And apparently there is a real problem with sure. a lot of B2B, B2B sales is very hard right now. And a lot of people are like, have like subscription fatigue and mm-hmm. they're just like, you're just like, okay, don't pay the subscription, pay us $10,000 one time, you know, 10,000 is a big number, <laughs> whatever the number is. You know what I, mean? I was thinking like 1500, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you, you know what I mean though? Yeah. 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 Cool. All right, All right, I'm into it. This has been a blast. We're in an hour and eight minutes. Yeah, we gotta go. We gotta take us up. out. Skibbity boobop. Oof. Got some back stuff going on. Mm-hmm.